0: Okay, chapter 28. They're off to Washington, D.C. How can they expect us to get ready in such a short time? Crazy! Plane tickets and permission slips, paperwork and practice. Practice every day for close to two weeks. Study every evening with Mrs. V. Words. Cities, states, countries, capitals, oceans, rivers, colors, diseases, weather, numbers, dates, animals, kings, queens, birds, insects, wars, presidents, planets, authors, generals, laws, quotations, measurements, equations, definitions, My head has been spinning non-stop with facts and figures, but I'm ready now. Our team is ready. Mr. D kept his promise. The six highest scorers from all our practice rounds were announced at the last practice session a few days ago. Of course, just like the other kids, I had been keeping a mental tally of everybody's points. So I was pretty sure I'd be on the, I'd be on air and not in alternate. Mr. Dimming almost glowed with anticipation as he made the announcement. He paced nervously a little more and the man would be dancing. Here we go, he said. I feel like I need a drum roll or something. Read the list, please, Connor shouted impatiently. Mr. Dimming said slowly, The six members of the championship Spalding Street Elementary School Quiz Team are. He paused. I thought Connor was going to throw something at him. Rose, Connor, Melody, Elena, Rodney, and Molly. Claire and Amanda will be our alternates. I'm an alternate? Claire gasped. Molly beat you by two points, Claire, Mr. D explained but you still get to come with us and cheer us on and tour the city." But it was me who helped her study, Claire said, outrage in her voice. That is so not fair. I just shook my head and smiled a little. There is so much Claire doesn't know about stuff not being fair. Molly looked smug, and not at all sorry. Her mother came to pick her up, and the practice was over. The competition is tomorrow, Thursday evening. Assuming we win, we'll have the Good Morning America appearance on Friday, followed by a trip to the White House. More sightseeing in DC is planned for Saturday. Then we come home on Sunday. On Monday, hopefully, we'll return to school as national champions with a trophy. So tonight we pack. I've never been on a trip away from home before, so we have some serious planning to do. I feel crazy excited and nervous. Dad bought me a bright red suitcase with wheels. It smells like the inside of a new car. Touching it makes me smile. Mom and I went shopping yesterday, something we don't get to do much anymore. She let me choose a couple of new outfits with jeans. None of those practical baggy sweatsuits for this trip. As we rolled down the mall, we passed a card shop. I had a brainstorm and tapped on my board. Go in. Get card, please. For whom? Mom asked as we wheeled in there. Catherine, I typed, to thank her for helping me get ready. How very grown up of you, Mom said, clearly pleased. One for Mrs. V, too, I tapped out. Absolutely. The card we found for Mrs. V. could not have been more perfect. The front was completely covered with hundreds of oranges, except for one blue one in the middle. Inside, it said, you're one in a million. Thanks. She'll love it, Mom said. For Catherine, I picked out a card that showed a desk full of computers and MP3 players and video games, and a young woman connected to all of them with earphones. It read, "'Glad you're always there to plug into me. Thanks for all you do.'" "'You couldn't have designed those better yourself,' Mom said as she paid for the cards. "'Yep, pretty perfect.'" Around 7 o'clock, the doorbell rings. It's Mrs. V coming over to help with the final packaging preparations. She and Mom make a great team. I've made a checklist according to Mr. Dimming's suggestion, Mom says. Black skirt and white blouse for the competition. Check, Mrs. V says as she neatly folds these two pieces into my suitcase. Check, Penny mimics. Extra white blouse just in case. Great idea, Mrs. V replies, nodding. Mom carefully folds in two more shirts and my favorite pair of jeans. Comfortable outfits for sightseeing in Washington. Spending money for souvenirs. Sunglasses. Camera. Check, check, check. Mrs. V repeats. Pajamas, toothbrush, deodorant, hair clips. All there. A warm jacket. No telling what this March weather will do. Check! Penny cries. Power pack for Medi Talker, extra batteries, tissues, and wipes. Got it. Umbrella. For you, or for Melody, Mrs. V asks with a laugh. Do you have your backpack yet? Yeah, I'm just about ready. I'm nervous too, Mom pauses. You're the best, Violet. I know Penny will be safe with you while we're gone. And Butterscotch, I interrupt. They both laugh. Mom continues. Frankly, without you, there is no way that Melody would be packing for this trip. Get card, Mom, I type. I reach my hand to the side, but I can barely touch the edge of my book bag hanging on the chair. Mom reaches into the bag, pulls out the envelope, and sets it on my tray. I push it towards Mrs. V. She opens it, reads it then squeezes me so hard. I can hardly catch my breath. This one goes on my refrigerator, she says quietly. I want to look at it every single day. She busies herself with the dusting off a pair of my shoes that have never taken a step. I'm a little scared, I admit. Since mellow yellow, Mrs. V tells me. I fully expect to see you on Good Morning America with that 10-foot-high trophy. That would be awesome, I type. Now, tell me once more, Mrs. V says to Mom. What time does the plane leave tomorrow? Penny, take my lady's underwear off your head, you silly girl. Mom checks her papers plane leaves at noon that means we should leave here no later than nine get to the airport by 10 get all checked in make sure her wheelchair is probably properly taken care of then we can relax until it's time to board the plane mrs v scratches her head i wonder why they chose the noon flight that will get you into washington around two The competition starts at seven. That's cutting it a little close. Mr. Dimming told us the hotel has a late check-in policy. The TV studio is just across the street from the hotel, so we'll be fine. As mom closes and zips my suitcase, I feel tears come into my eyes. I can't believe this is happening. In just one day, I will be in Washington, D.C. on national television. I pray I won't screw up. I want to call Rose and see if she's nervous, too. I want to ask her what she'll wear to the White House. Suppose we get to meet the First Lady. Now that would be the bomb. I want to know if we'll be sitting near each other on the plane. I want to be like the other girls. I don't sleep well that night. In the morning, Mom gets me bathed and dressed and fed in record time, while Dad gets Penny ready. Go see plane, she asks repeatedly. Fly, wee! Dad says as he fly. Oh, fly! wee! Dad says as he flies her around the room in his arms. She loves it. We head outside and Mrs. V. hurries over, camera in hand. She snaps pictures of me getting strapped in my suitcase, in my suitcase being loaded, and my brave and hopeful victory smile. Then she does it all over again with Dad's camcorder. Now we'll never be able to forget this morning. Penny darts about, chasing Butterscotch, running in circles around the car, which has been washed and shined. Mom, dressed in a cool denim suit and surprisingly a pair of late-style Nikes, loads our bags in the car and we're totally ready to go by 8.45. Dad takes Butterscotch back into the house, then locks the front door on his way out. All set, he asks. Let's do it, Mom yells. Even Penny can feel the excitement. She claps her hands. I can't stop grinning. Even though I know we have plenty of time, I keep wanting dad to drive faster. I'm so afraid that we'll miss the plane or that we forgot my ticket or that I'll throw up and we'll have to go back. At the airport garage, we have no trouble finding a row of empty handicapped parking spaces. We unload me, my chair, our bags, and Penny and Doodle. Mrs. V snaps more photos. It seems like an hour, but in minutes, we're at the checkout gate. Mrs. V pushes me. Mom carries Penny. Dad pulls a cart loaded with the luggage and Doodle. It's 10 o'clock on the dot. Hi, Mom says cheerfully to the uniformed lady at the desk. We're here to check in for the noon flight to Washington, D.C. She hands the lady our tickets. The noon flight? The woman replies with a frown. She types and clicks, purses her lips, then types some more. Finally, she looks up. I'm sorry, ma'am, but that flight has been canceled. We've had loads of cancellations today, a late winter storm, In the northeast has caused backups all over. Canceled? My stomach starts to gurgle. Snow? My mom's voice sounds thick. But the weather here is sunny and clear. They've got five inches on the ground in Boston already and more is predicted for this afternoon farther south. The FAA won't let planes take off in weather like that, so our whole system gets gummed up. Planes due to arrive here and then return Eastwood get canceled, meaning our afternoon flights can't depart. It's complicated. I'm sorry. The desk agent continues to type rapidly. She tells Mom, I can get you and your daughter on the next direct flight out, however. It leaves here at 7.23 p.m. and will get you into Washington at 9.07. The Weather Service has predicted the storm system will have fizzled by them, so we can start getting folks where they need to be. Actually, tomorrow it'll rain. My heart is thudding now. Would you like me to rebook you now? She, she smiles cheerfully. She doesn't get it. But the competition starts at 7, Mom mumbles weakly. Excuse me, I didn't hear you, the desk agent says. I can't breathe. Mom speaks a little louder. What about the rest of our group? We're traveling together, a group of school children, a quiz team actually. They were also booked on this flight. We've got a competition this evening. Oh, I remember those kids. They were here early this morning. Great group. So polite and well-mannered. They told me all about the competition and the huge trophy they might be bringing home. They came early? Mom croaks. It seems they all went to breakfast together. They came straight here. It's a good thing they did too, or they wouldn't have gotten out. Where are they? Mom asked. Oh, they got switched to the nine o'clock flight. The last plane to get out before flights started getting canceled. They had to run down the gate, but they made it just in time. I made sure of it. She looks down at her computer Yes, that flight left about an hour ago. They're gone, Mom whispers. I feel like I'm going to choke. Are you and your family going to D.C. to cheer them on, the woman asks. She still doesn't get it. No, my daughter is on the team, Mom explains. We must get to Washington. Isn't there another flight? Maybe another airline? The woman looks at me and blinks. She's on the. She starts to ask, but then she catches herself, returns her gaze to her monitor, and begins typing furiously once more. I can hear her fingernails as they click on the keys. Dad places both hands on the ticket counter and leans in towards the agent. I've never seen him so angry. How could this happen? Shouldn't we have been notified that the flight was canceled? We, we try, sir, but it's not always possible, the lady replies, sounding truly sorry. We do always advise passengers to call ahead and check their flight status. But this was the trip of a lifetime. You can't possibly understand how important this is to my daughter. I squeeze my eyes shut. Stupid elevator music floats from the tiny airport speakers. I hear no beautiful colors. I smell no lovely aromas. All I can see is the darkness behind my eyeballs. I'm really sorry, sir, the lady says. What about a connecting flight? We, what about a fl- connecting flight? We must get her to Washington this afternoon. The woman types and clicks for what seems like hours. Finally, she looks up. There are no other flights to D.C. on any other carrier, sir, nonstop or otherwise. That weather system has grounded everything. There will be nothing until later this evening. I am so Sorry she whispers. I open my eyes because they are filled with tears. Dad walks away from the ticket counter, his face scrunched into tight wrinkles. Then, without warning, he smashes his fist into the wall right next to where I'm sitting. I jerk my head up. I know that had to hurt. (sighs) Ah, I should have done that. Shouldn't have done that, he admits, holding one fist in the other. But if I could have smashed my fist against the wall, I would have well. I would have as well. Mrs. V looks from me to dad. I don't understand how this could have happened either, she says to mom. Shouldn't someone from the quiz team have called you? Her voice could crush bricks. Like the teacher, perhaps? Maybe there wasn't time, Mom says helplessly. At least that's what I hope. Surely they, surely they wouldn't have left her behind on purpose. I still have not taken one deep breath. I really do apologize, ma'am, the gate agent finally says. I've even checked airports in nearby cities. There are no flights out of the area until this evening. I have plenty of seats on our 7 o'clock flight if you'd like me to book you. No, thank you, Mom says quietly. It's too late. The entire airport feels like a vacuum to me. No sound, no voices, no air. Mom walks slowly toward me. I sit there in my new blue and white outfit with new matching tennis shoes next to my new shiny red suitcase, feeling very, very stupid and angry. How could they do this to me? And helpless. I hate feeling like this. Like when I was little and got stuck on my back like a stupid turtle. There was nothing I could do. Nothing. How long does it take to drive to D.C.? Mrs. V. asked. I don't even look up. I know the answer. Ten hours, Dad replies. Go fly airplane, Penny asks. No fly today, Dad says, touching her gently on her head with his good hand. Mom rolls me over to the bench on the other side of the check-in area. She kneels down in front of me. She's crying. I don't think I'll ever breathe again. Mom hugs me. It's gonna be okay, sweetie. You're still the best, the smartest, the most wonderful girl in the world. Somehow, we're going to get over this. No, I won't. Mrs. V wipes her eyes as well. She sits on the bench and takes both my hands in hers. Oh, baby girl, I know this is hard, but there is just no way to get you to Washington. I just sit there. The morning started out like crystal, but the day has turned to broken glass.